Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. So we're going to talk about unity in Christ. Let's first define that word unity. It's a word that people throw around a lot, in particular when you have a lot of societal division and challenges and difficulties. And no lie, no joke, that's where we are right now. We've kind of been here for, for a good bit, just the division that's there culturally and societally. And so the call for unity is often put out there, man, can we be unified? But the thing of believers, we must be people who know what we're talking about. And I don't mean you had to be somebody who went to Bible college and knows every detail and knows everything in Hebrew and Greek and whatever else. But somebody who knows what we're talking about, as in we are talking about the right thing, okay? When we say unity, it's not just unity for the sake of unity. It's not just coming together just because. It's not coming together with no standard. There's a unity that God has for us that we can learn how to walk in and receive. And it's going to take some work and some challenges. There'll be difficulties, but it's a unity that we are called to. Amen? Amen? So what is unity? The quality or state of not being multiple. Oneness. A condition of harmony. The quality or state of being made one, which is what God has for us. So again, one of the worst things we do as believers is to not properly define the terms that we're talking about, to kind of join in and just do whatever the secular culture might tell us to do, to define things according to whatever the spirit of the age is at the moment. And that's one thing that we cannot do because the truth is this, the worst, let me tell you this, the worst lies have the most truth to them. You didn't get it, so I'm going to say it again. The worst lies have the most truth to them. Okay? I heard it said this way. This is kind of gross, but just, just, just roll with me here. Imagine a beautiful, massive pan of brownies. I said, mm-hmm. Somebody was over there getting saved. I heard you, Dana. I said, mm. Oh, Jesus. Ice cream's waiting in the freezer. I get the good ice cream, too. I mean, some good ice cream. You know, I mean, you might, you might be a bluebell. You might be a, a bright. You might, you might go get some, like, Ice cream at the ice cream shop. Hey, whatever you got. But imagine that beautiful big pan of brownies. And in the midst of that beautiful pan of brownies, I mean like two, three boxes were big pan, big pan. And you couldn't tell, but somebody with ill intent mixed in one teaspoon of dog poo from the yard. (laughs) Nasty. See, uh uh-huh, everybody, Nasty. Nasty with a capital T. You couldn't tell. Why? There was, there, there, that's, what, that's what often happens sometimes, though, with certain truths. Culturally, is we have this one little thing which throws it off track that people are unaware of because we're not walking in discernment. We're not going fully by what the Word of God has to say. So because of that, we were like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And it is all of this which is of God, and then we're going to... Take it and change it. How many of you know he's not into tweaking? No, 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 no. Mm-mm. He's tweaking you and tweaking me so we can come into alignment and proper order with what his word says. But we don't get to adjust his standard in order to make it what we would like it to be. Say amen even if it hurts you today. We don't get to adjust his standard in order to make it what we would like it to be. So... The adjustment comes, like last year when I was sharing with you guys and we had the masonry line set up about the foundations and not moving it. 
You might have to dig deeper. You might have to break through some rock. You might have a challenge or a situation where it's like, oh, God, that wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. But you don't get to move the foundation and the standard. It's what he says it is. And that's what we come into alignment with. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 15. Pastor Ron took us there last week, verses 1 through 7. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. In accord with who? Christ Christ Jesus. That together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For the glory of God. You know, this word makes me think of a, a, a phrase that Pastor Ron, he didn't say it last week. Uh, if he did, I was about to shout and then take a lap around the church if he said it. But I love it when he talks about it. It's called this corporate destiny. This phrase of corporate destiny, which, which brings us to this. It's not about me. It's about we. So it's not good enough that I got it all together and my stuff is okay. It's that we come together and fulfill the call and the plan and the purpose that the Lord has for us, which is why we're always putting the call out. Join a connect group. If you reach far enough and you walk with the Lord that you need to lead a connect group, lead a connect group. But you just being at home with just you, being okay, and I got all my stuff together is not enough. That's why we talked about that a few weeks ago when we were talking about money on Wednesday nights. Creating margin in your life and sharing of what you've been blessed with because if it's just about you, it's not good enough. It's not about me, it's about we. So we're talking again about unity to get together and coming together today because we're called to walk together for the glory of God and our good. For the glory of God and our good, we come together. Is it easy every time? It ought to be a little louder because you know that's true. Is it easy every time? No. No. That's why some people don't know how to stay in the church that they're called to stay in. I will, Melissa. That's why some people don't know how to stay in the church they're supposed to stay in. Because it's not always easy. To quote my friend from Orlando, a live church up here, uh, Pastor Ken and Tabitha Clater, they actually have a campus that they run in Orlando. Pastor Ken was talking about being where you're, you're supposed to be and being planted where the Lord has it. He said, you're over here at some other church eating food and grass that's not for you. Okay, imagine like a sheep, right? You're eating grass that's not for you and drinking water that's not for you. Over here took somebody else's grass and water. I'm just saying. I heard another preacher say it this way. All your packages are going to the wrong address. I mean, if you're like my wife, well, that's me too. Amazon and Walmart. I mean, we're about, I mean, they come up to the house. It's about, hey, man, bro hug for these guys coming up to the house because they come so much. But if I'm at the wrong address, my stuff is going to the wrong place. (laughs) and you know what oh this is good right here you know what god doesn't do 
He doesn't forward your packages. You better know where home is. Woo! Jesus. You better know where home is because he is not forwarding them packages. They're going to the correct address, which is where you need to be. And you guys know that's a subject that I can preach any day of the week. Just give me a call. And if you would like a diatribe on that, I will give it because we got to know where home is and love the place where God has set us. So here's three principles I'm going to give you today about this thing of us walking in unity in Christ. Number one is embrace helping one another. Embrace helping. I'm using this word embrace because an embrace, okay, that's not one of those like, you know, hey, whatever. Zachary, come here, buddy. Let me use my son. <laughs> my boys who are getting tall, except Kylas. Kylas isn't getting taller than me. He's just getting bigger than me, <laughs> way bigger. See, this, 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 I'm not talking to one of these, hey, man, how, how are you? This is what we want when an embrace. Come on, two hands, two hands. Bring it in. Tuck it in. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. There. All right, go. <laughs> All right, in our house, when I tell them, uh, my kids, especially the little ones, I'm like, give me a squeeze hug. Don't give me that little lightweight thing. Give me a squeeze. Give me a squeeze. That's, that's what I want you to see when we talk about these things that we want, we want to embrace today, these things. Not just like, okay, Jesus, we're going to get a little bit of your word in there. No, no, no. Embrace it today. So embrace helping one another. Verses 1 through 3 says this. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Again, making sure your stuff is together is important, but that's not all. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. I'll tell you this. Helping one another as believers is a command, not a suggestion. It's a command, not a suggestion. It's not because it's convenient. I think it works for me. I like that person a whole lot. The Lord's going to ask you to help some people who might rub you the wrong way. Come on. But it's a command because, man, we have an obligation to bear with one another. This love and service should extend not only to believers but also then to unbelievers. Now, let me give a tip. Here's what some Christians do. They're happy to extend it to unbelievers who they don't know that well and don't have to deal with their stuff and vice versa. But then you get back to church or inside your house and your family and you're like, ah. Familiarity, as I call it, the F word in family, that familiarity causes you to then take for granted what the Lord has given you. Go back to the mirror, like I told you a little earlier, die to yourself, slap yourself in the face and say, what's wrong with you? Get it together. Before you go say that to somebody else, say it to you in the mirror and deal with you. Because what happens sometimes is we go for the comfort place instead of embracing, loving, and helping one another. We go for the comfortable place. Oh, I can hang with them so I don't have to deal with their stuff. That's what I've often said for years, why so many people get, find themselves in infidelity in their marriage. You go have this old fling with somebody. Why? Because they ain't got to wash your clothes. Don't have to deal with your stanky attitude after a long day. It's just all fun and games. Yay. No, it's not. It's death and destruction. But what you have to learn to do is say, no, Lord, I am called to embrace helping 
those around me because you have said so. You've commanded me. You've not suggested it. Say, well, Lord, you know, I'll adjust it. No, you adjust. Me adjust to him. That's what we need to do. And there's grace by the Holy Spirit for us to do it. But so many times we don't want to because it's more comfortable for me to do something else. Okay? And this is one of those where it's like, oh, okay, amen, drive by. I want you to think about it and see it in your life because it's stuff that we have to deal with so that we can do well at helping one another and serving one another and loving one another and being as Christ is one to another. Listen, if we do that, like I tell my kids all the time, we don't want to play some game at home and then put on a face when we get to church. I, listen, it's like a core value in my house. I'll shut it down. It, it is for my wife, guaranteed. We'll be in the car. She's like, okay, everybody back inside. We're going to be late now, but we're not going to show up somewhere acting some game of, we're so okay. We're the pastor's family. <laughs> no, not if it's all fake, because this is what the word tells us to do. We got to embrace helping one another. We have an obligation to bear the, with the failings of the weak. You have an obligation to come to each other that way and not let it just be like, oh, we'll deal with it later, or I'll go somewhere else. Too many people going somewhere else other than where the Lord has them, in family, in church, in their job, all kinds of places. Removing yourself from the, where the Lord has you with the right food and the right nutrients so that you can grow and be who you're called to be, but instead you're cutting and running so often. Stop cutting and running. Stay in the place where the Lord has you because there's power in the place. There's peace in that place, and there's growth in that place that the Lord has you. Amen? Man, I got to move on, or we're going to be here all afternoon. Galatians 6.10 says it this way. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So you're not off the hook in either place. You're not off the hook in helping and reaching out to unbelievers, but you certainly aren't off the hook in reaching out and helping in-house. And that goes not just for this house here, but to your house. Some of you guys need to go home and make some stuff right today. I, I believe, probably. I mean, we're human beings. Been dealing with bad attitudes, parents to kids, roommates, friends. Some of you guys who are single, get it right now. I'm going to tell you what, get it right now. You don't want to be a married person who doesn't know how to walk in relationship properly one with another. Because ain't nobody that fine. I, I'm giving you the truth, saints. Nobody is that fine for you to be dealing with all that. I'm telling you, they will become quickly unfine when you're dealing with strife in your house. What does Proverbs say? Like a dripping faucet. You would rather dwell on the corner of a rooftop than be in that house. That's what your Bible says. I'm saying I can't imagine because I love my house. I love my bed. Get in there, relax, chill with my wife. But could you imagine it being so bad? I would rather tell in the corner of the house stop. But that's where some people are. But that's why we've got to get past that and realize, man, God has called us to embrace helping one another. Second one, this is, a, this is one we're going to live on for a minute. Embrace comprehensive biblical diversity. Okay, this one I'm going to live here for a minute because culture has a bunch to say about this right now, and it's pretty much all false. Oh, it did. Yep, put it pretty much all of it. There are traces because this is what happens is if you're in creation, something good is going to show up probably because God is still Lord of all, right? 
But you can still mess it all, all, the, all the other 95%. You can still mess it up. What does Pastor Ron say? I mean, a, a broken clock is right at least twice a day. You're going to get something right. But it's not like to your credit, like you actually did it well. It's just because it's going to be right. Oh, it's stuck on 12. Yep, it's 12 twice a day. There you go. Doesn't mean it's working. Just means something's going to show up right. So on this subject, let's live here for a minute. Verses 5 through 7 says this. May the God of endurance... Um, and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Again, embrace comprehensive biblical diversity. Okay, because what does it say in verse 5? Live in such harmony with one another in accord with? In accord with who? Oh, so it didn't just stop and say, live in such harmony with one another? Oh, mistake number one about secularized worldly diversity is the mindset is any old way that we get to harmony is fine. No, your Bible says, live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. Do not ever feel bad about not being able to live in accord with somebody if they don't want to have it in Christ Jesus. Paul said, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably. He didn't say sacrifice everything that the truth says in order to just get it there. No. We, we, and I can do it with a smile. It's hard sometimes. <laughs> Maybe you can't, but if you, if you work at it, you can get there. You could do it with a smile. There's been people where I'm like, oh, yeah. Hey, man. I, I can't, I used to say sorry, I can't, I'm really, I don't say sorry much anymore for that kind of thing, because I'm really not, I'm not sorry because that's who I am, that's what I believe, I'm submitting to the, I'm going to say I'm sorry for submitting to the Lord, no, we just, I mean, hey, I'm sorry if you feel bad <laughs> that we can't do this thing or agree on this subject, but I love you, we can, let's go have a, let's go have a, I always say cheeseburgers, let's go have a cheeseburger, yeah. If you're sad and you're mad, I mean, pretty much you're going to be okay. you got a good cheeseburger in front of you. <laughs> Local Provisions makes a good one. The sweet potato fries, get after it, man. I could still do that, but I, what I can't do is compromise who Christ is. That's what I cannot do at all. Because with one voice, we're called to glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we're called with one voice to do it, but to do what? To glorify God. Not just any old thing, not unity for unity's sake. So next point here, as believers, we must embrace a full biblical expression of diversity and not the surface level diversity that culture offers us. Real deep, bro. That's what we have to do. Because here's what, what my issue is. That's not my issue, it's, it's the Bible, okay? <laughs> We're talking about the word here. The issue is when we take a secularized worldly perspective on this subject of diversity and coming together, it actually sells us short. Okay, so I'm not talking here about all the politics of get your red hat, get your blue hat. Are you a Democrat, Republican, are you independent, whatever? You, uh, that's fine. I, what I care is are you kingdom? Did, did, did you do what accords with godliness? You can have a car, carry a card for whichever party all day long. And I trust some of them. Some of the time. That's about it. But we're talking about man, and we're talking many of which are not saved. So I don't have confidence in government and politicians. My confidence is in Christ. 
Our confidence is what he has said for us. And so we sell ourselves actually quite short when we take the world's perspective because diversity is way more than what the world is trying to sell you right now. Some of you guys are being plagued with the whole DEI thing with all the corporations. Every time you turn around, you got DEI, this, DEI. If you don't know what that is, diversity, equity, inclusion, all the programs that they're putting forth in corporations. And so all of this work has to be done. So now I got to sit here and figure out the fact that I've been just fine having lunch and working along with my coworkers who are three different races, but now I got to figure out who's, who's actually a racist here. <laughs> and how many more people we need to add to prove that we're not racist or whatever. Right? And so it's kind of like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. Because we just look in our family, and we got the United Nations and just my family alone. <laughs> in my house, in my family, like literally, we got black Chinese, we got Cuban, we got, we got white, we got, and then you start getting into nationalities. We got a whole bunch of, we got everything in there. Mixed, we were all mixed up. But it's beautiful because we're in Christ. It's not beautiful because of all those differences. It's beautiful because Christ. And that's what we have to remember. So we cannot sell ourselves short by taking a secularized perspective of diversity because we'll always ever just be hanging out in the shallow waters. You with me? You're hanging out in shallow waters because you're like, oh, I checked a couple boxes, so I guess it's fine now. When actually, if you go back to what the first point was, we have to actually embrace helping one another. See, in that secularized surface level diversity thing, you can just kind of drive by and say, oh, we're okay which is what corporations are trying to do. And I don't hate you. If you're in a corporation, you got to do what you got to do, man. Work it. Work it, okay? But work it for the kingdom as you do it. And it can be done. There's plenty of you doing it. Work it for the kingdom. Because when we sell ourselves short, we miss all of what the Lord has for us to do and the embrace of all the things that he has for us to do and the people he has for us to embrace because people are involved. What's the two great commandments? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and all your strength. And the second one is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all of the law and the prophets. You don't get to delete one. And you also don't get to adjust either of the two to what you would like it to be. So I'm saying, man, let's embrace a full-throated, complete perspective on this subject from the Word of God. Here's some principles of biblical diversity. First one. Christ brings all who receive him together because of what he's done. Here's what Louis Giglio said about it, and I love it. I've said this ever since I've heard him. I was like, oh, my gosh, rewind, play again. He said, there is a diversity and a unity about which you can do nothing. Let us sink in a minute. There is a diversity and a unity in the body of Christ about which you can do nothing. You know what that means? Because Christ is gathering us all because of what he's done. Because what does it say in John 1.12? As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, born not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born of the Spirit. And so because of that, there is something that goes far beyond these surface level things because we are in Christ. And you're not going to do anything about the unifying of the entire body when Jesus returns to do so. But you also aren't going to do anything about the fact that everybody who receives him now is a son of God. You don't have a right or you don't have an ability to change the fact that people in Africa right now, this morning, are coming to Christ and are now your brothers and sisters in Christ. From the darkest to the lightest. Then in Cuba this morning. 
and in Jamaica. I was just talking with another brother who is Cuban this week. I said, oh, on our islands, man, you got the full shade. Everybody's Cuban or everybody's Jamaican. You can do nothing about what those shades look like. Embrace and receive it all. Do not stop it because then that's what Jesus was teaching in John chapter 4. Man, I'm giving you a bunch of extra scriptures, but it's okay. John chapter 4. He said, listen, it doesn't matter that you're a Samaritan, baby. We are all coming together because of what I'm doing, and I'm going to provide this living water for everybody to drink, regardless of your shade, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your socioeconomic status. All of y'all get to drink of this water by faith to my glory. So don't sell yourself short with what the world has to say. Be like, oh, that's, that's y'all's bar. That's your standard. My standard's way up here for that because it's not mine, it's his. So you're just trying to have like more different colors in a meeting room. I'm trying to actually be my brother and my sister in Christ with that other color and that other shade and that other ethnicity because I'm unlimited by the ethnicity because Christ has brought me together with them. And so I can sit in fellowship with somebody who I bear. I can sit in fellowship with somebody through a translator. Sweet fellowship. through a tra- Get a translator you trust. <laughs> Be over here saying crazy stuff to this person. You're like, ah, okay. <laughs> Make sure you trust them and you know what's being said. But let's not sell ourselves short. Again, basically diversity in that position is inevitable. Why? Because Christ is bringing all together, and we don't stop it, but we receive it. Second one, Christ must be at the center. Therefore, truth cannot be compromised. This is the, one of the big ones in this process. It's like, if you'll leave all your truth and your Jesus stuff at the door, then we can be unified. I've said for years, one of the greater ways that you see diversity and unity expressed is in the fact that I don't fully agree with you. But in Christ, we come together. Hello? In Christ, we come together. We are unified in that. As an example, let me, let me, uh, let me, use, let me use somebody else here. Um, Gabe Hewish, come on up, buddy. Come here, bro. Gabe is... My man, I love this brother. Love him, especially because he lets his wife serve so much that she blesses my ministry. <laughs> love you, buddy. <laughs> but see, Gabe and I have some different interests. Okay, if, if, it's, if it's the right day, Gabe's on the boat or on the kayak pulling in fish. Are you not? It's a good day. Yes. Gabe builds stuff and has skills that I know not of. I needed him the other day, and he just showed up within 20 minutes' notice. was at my house, and we, next thing I know, dishwasher's going out. Outside, he's like, don't tilt it. We're going to spill all this nasty water in here. Okay, cool. Whatever you say, Gabe, because you're the expert. I'm not. And new dishwashers, just the skill set is amazing. And all that he does, and he does it with a heart of service. See, but the thing that Gabe and I most agree and come together on is Christ. He's, never, he's probably never going to try golf. No? I, nope. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'd have tons of fun with him, whether he played well or not, but I, but it's probably not. Don't like all the same food. A little different skin tone here. Although when he, I mean, I am kind of light skinned, so when he's in the sun a little bit more, we do get pretty close. 
But you know what all that is? All that's superficial. What's deep is Christ. This is my brother who I love because of Christ's work. So this wasn't like something we you know what, Gabe, regular white guy, me, black and East, black and Chinese, we'll put it together and that's, we'll show everybody diversity. No. It was just Christ. And what the real diversity is, is the fact that I said, no, we, we don't need to worry about what the differences are. We come together in Christ. Amen? Thank you, bro. Love you, man. In Christ. So I don't come and now try to figure out if he and I have some disagreement about truth, how we can just say, well, that doesn't matter. It does matter. I might still love on him, but I'm clear that that matters still because I cannot put Christ outside the door and say, Jesus, if you'll wait out here till I finish doing my diversity thing, we'll make your kingdom a whole lot better because we know better than you. That sounds kind of crazy, but that's how we live sometimes. I'm going to adjust because big bad grandpa God needs me to be his, um, I don't know, his inclusion officer and tell all these people out here different stuff about him. No. You actually tell who he is with love. That's actually the power of it. Man, I disagree with you on this, but I still say, come here. I embrace you. We have totally different interests. We can't even figure a restaurant to go because you like this food and I hate it. I like my food and you hate it. So, figure something else out to do because in Christ... We come together. That's what's more important is that do we come together in Christ? So we don't compromise anything because Christ. Next, skin color, ethnicity, and other superficial characteristics are not our source of unity. Christ is. Christ is the source of unity. We're not coming together because of any other superficial characteristics. And this, I'm going to jump another level higher. Some of you guys still gather in church based on, oh, he likes this, I like that. That's fine. But come to a place where you can sit at a table and somebody who has totally different interests from you. We're still coming together in Christ. Brian and I have been enjoying our, our, our men's group, Men of Purpose. If you, if you want to come out, 615, early start to the day, and then you get off to work. Getting there, encouraging brothers, being accountable. 6.15 Thursdays, in here. And we're having breakfast this week, so maybe some more people will come this week, right? <laughs> this is a breakfast week, so we're, oh, <laughs> the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> Smell them eggs and sausages, so I'll be there. <laughs> but one of the things we've enjoyed is the differences, like us sitting, me and Brian led the last couple discussions. We're looking out and just seeing the different guys that are there, guys who might not otherwise get together. But guess what? It's beautiful because in Christ. It's not superficial characteristics we're going based on. We're going based on what does Christ say and how does he bring us together. Next one. Division is often the result of a secular view of diversity. Because, see, i got to guard my territory and i got to show how real I am and legit I am about my group more than your group. And then we got to go back and look in history. What did your group do to my group? Listen to me. Let me help you all. Romans 3.23. Solution. You ready? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So guess who's guilty? All y'all. Me, chief among them. <laughs> All of us are guilty. There's no grading system. Ah, these people did this. Here, Listen, all, if you want to be discouraged, look at human history and what we've done to each other across the world since the foundation of man. Look at what we've done to each other horrible, ugly stuff. Only solution, Jesus. Only true unity in Christ. 
So trust me, there's not like one group who did more that was like, oh, that was so bad. I can't believe they did that. And they, now they need to. If we go and start trying to make amends for every little thing that all people have done, trust me, you're done, dude. You're going to be so finished. There's not going to be enough money, not going to be enough time, not going to be enough resources. What we can do is restore one-to-one. My family did his family wrong. You better come with a check. I'm serious. You broke their stuff, repair it. You said some ugly stuff, show up in person. Man, I said that to you, and that was disgustingly ugly. Please forgive me. It was sin. I repented to the Lord, and I need to make it right with you. Be ministers of reconciliation. We're called to point people to Christ, but again, what's the two great commandments? The Lord, love him, and love people. So you better go make it right where you need to. That's what you can do. We're so busy sometimes trying to fix all of the issues and problems of the world, we forget the simplicity of the fact that I need to go small sometimes. What did I do? Okay? If if you're not working out yet, Don't try to be Mr. Olympia. Why don't you just set three days a week and go walk? Eat a vegetable. (laughs) Drink some water. I'm just saying, we're over here trying to do all this stuff. And it happens in this subject. Oh, if we could unify all the... Did you just call your brother who sat in the same row as you and said, hey, can we go to coffee? Wow, you're totally different. Why don't we just sit down at the mission here? Great coffee, great food. Let's meet up and let's just talk, man. Find out what, what's your life like. How can I serve you? How can I do what? What does the word say we said? Embrace helping one another. How can I help you? It should never be that there's a need that goes unmet because somebody who's sitting across the room for you could have met that need. Right? Because we're supposed to embrace helping one another. Don't limit. And the last one, remember our primary characteristic is being in Christ. All right, so that was point two, long one. Third point, final point. Embrace loving one another as Christ has loved us. As Christ has loved us. Verse seven, I love this right here. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I love this word here. If you go back to the original language, to the Greek, the word welcome there, in some translation, it's receive, and it's this word, the Greek word proslambano. Proslambano. What it means is this. Let me summarize it. To take to oneself. To take as one's companion. To take by the hand in order to lead aside. To take or receive into one's home. To receive. I.e. grant access to one's heart. And to take into friendship when that scripture says welcome it's not just wave at you at the door at church or say hey how you doing man that's all of what's being said there the Lord is saying what I want you to do is proslambano take to yourself take as a companion take by the hand take or receive into your home Grant access to your heart. Take into friendship. When we talk about embracing one another, that's what it's saying there. It's not saying drive by. Hey, I know you're going through it. This is a difficult situation. Can, can I pray with you? You need anything? 
What's your family need right now? You're going through that. Can I, can I serve your family in some way? Without limitation, based on superficial characteristics, based on disagreements, but wholeheartedly in Christ. That's what he's calling us to. And that will look way different to the world. That, that's not just, wow, you guys have cool music, and, and you, know, you have the dance team there, and, and, the, my, and you have like other, you know, a coffee shop and stuff. That's, that's all cool. We do all that. But when they look and they see, oh, man, those people know how to proslambano. <laughs> you might not say it, okay, and I'm probably saying it bad. All the Greek people are going to be like, wow, that's terrible pronunciation. That's okay. We know what we're talking about. Because that's what he's asking us to do. Actually, that's what we're commanding but it's not a hard thing because he's graced us to do it. So today I want to remind you, embrace helping one another, embrace comprehensive biblical diversity, and embrace loving one another as Christ has loved us. That's it. Just like that illustration I gave you, you see me hug my, my son and squeeze him. I want you Think of it like that today. I want to embrace this. I don't want to just say, oh, maybe one day I'll let it in. But embrace what he has for you in this area. It's not easy. It's actually many times quite hard. Because the excuse is going to be there when, when you have opportunities to walk some of this out. Well, <laughs> Lord... You don't know how they are. <laughs> Jesus is like, really? <laughs> I kind of know everything. <laughs> so I already know. And I also know what is hard to love about you, too. That's why he's long-suffering. And that's why this is a beautiful one-to-another relationship. One of the things I've loved over the years, not always been easy, loved with my wife over the years. We'll sometimes do it like a, we call it like a check-in. Hey, how am I doing here? And then just brace yourself <laughs> for brutal honesty. <laughs> but you know what? You grow because you're willing to deal with the stuff you need to deal with and not run away. That's the big one. Come on now, right? That part. And not run away. Why? Because I embrace helping I embrace the diversity that the Lord brings into our lives. And I embrace loving the way Jesus loved. Come on and stand with me this morning. Lord, we're so thankful for this word. We're so thankful for the truth that you give us. The fact that we can walk in the unity of the faith in Christ and you've graced us to do it. It's not something that we have to shy away or run away from and say, oh no, that's going to be so difficult. But we can trust you with it. And so this morning, Father, I pray specifically over relationships today in this house and outside this house. God, that we say, Lord, what do I need to do to embrace fully the, the, the helping and the, and the diverse groups that you bring together in Christ and the loving that we're to have one with another? How do I embrace that fully so that I can just glorify and honor you? You remember what, what you said, Lord, in John 17 was that, that, that looking at that, the world would know that we belong to you. So help us, Lord, to never hamper the fact that people can look and say, well, those people belong. They must belong to God because I ain't doing that. 
And so I declare grace for us to walk that out today in relationships practically, Lord. Let marriages be healed today, Father. Let steps be established today in you, God, to walk into the spaces that people need to, to reconcile with coworkers, with bosses, with friends and roommates, God, and brothers and sisters and all these places so that we can have a comprehensive alignment one with another, unifying in Christ. And now for a minute, Lord, I want to pray for those who might not know you in this place. They don't even know any of this because they have not yet received Christ Jesus as Lord. If that's you today, you have never prayed a prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. We want to give you an opportunity to do that today. If you're watching online, if you're watching this on a replay or listening on a podcast, just throw your hand up and we want to pray over you this morning if that's you. Just put your hand up and the whole church will pray together. If that's you online... Okay. All right. I'm believing everybody in this room. If that's you and you have not felt a release or an ability to do that right now, I want you to pray this prayer. You can pray this prayer anytime and receive what the Lord is going to do in your life because he is the one who saves. And so we're going to pray this prayer for anybody who might hear this afterwards or online. Let's pray together so that they have an opportunity. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love and your embrace of me. I confess my sin and my need of you. I ask you to save me, restore me, and set me on the course that you have for my life. I honor you. I bless you. I declare you are my Lord and you are my Savior. It's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.